I'm about to ask you two questions, and I want you to notice the difference in how you respond to each one. Number one, how much do you weigh? Blah! <laughs> if you're thinking about skipping to the next episode, just stick with me for a sec. I know this is probably one of your least favorite questions to think about, but why is that? What feels so awful about it? If you're not sure, maybe try asking this second question instead. How much weight do you carry? I'm not talking about the number that mocks you or belittles you on your digital scale, but rather the burden you carry because you feel like your body is never good enough. My name is Brittany Braswell, and this is the Joy-Filled Eater Podcast. In today's episode, I'm sharing the mic with my friend and fellow podcaster, Jennifer Taylor Wagner, to help you answer the question, how do I see my body as good when it just doesn't feel that way? Jennifer's battle with negative body image first started in kindergarten and continued into her adulthood. She shares her body image story in her book, Your Good Body, and today she's letting you in on what you can do to start making peace with the reflection in the mirror. By the end of this episode, you'll know what it means for your body to be good and how in the world it's possible to see it for the good body that it is right now. Welcome to the Joy-Filled Eater Podcast, the show that helps you cultivate a joy-filled relationship with food, your body, and Jesus. My name is Brittany Braswell, and I'm a Christ-centered registered dietitian and eating disorder recovery coach on a mission to help you break free from the bondage of food guilt and body shame so that you can start fueling your physical, mental, and spiritual health all from a place of joy. We'll be spilling the tea on all things diet culture, even in the church. Think of this as your weekly dose of nutrition and body image real talk mixed with biblical encouragement from your Southern bestie. If you love Jesus, are sick of having negative body image, and wish food didn't feel so complicated, then welcome, friend. This show is for you. So grab your coffee, get comfy, and prepare to be challenged. This is the Joyful Eater Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another week of the Joy-Filled Eater podcast. I have Jennifer Taylor Wagner with me here today, and I just told her right before I recorded, I almost said, welcome to Your Good Body, <laughs> because that is her podcast, and I've been listening to it all week as we get ready to have this conversation for y'all today, so welcome, Jennifer. We're so Thank glad you're so here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here with you. We're talking about something today that you and I are both really passionate about. And it's really focusing on how do we see our body as something that's good when it just doesn't feel yeah. good, when it doesn't feel that way. And I know you have a lot of history with this and with your own story. So just to help our listeners get to know you a little bit and why you have a heart for, for this as well, give us maybe just a little bit of background or intro into your story on how you got to that place where you're finally able to see your body. As well, I think now. it... it thank you, by the way. Thank you so much for that lovely introduction and for having me here today. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. So to answer your question, as far as why I'm so passionate about, you know, the relationship we have with our bodies is I, I have wrestled with that my entire life. And it's not just been a wrestle with my weight. It's been a wrestle with living in my body and feeling comfortable in my body. My body happened to be larger than the majority of the bodies around me. And so that was a big 
um, challenge because everyone was constantly drawing attention to that. So I went through a lot of bullying and things like that, that were deeply scarring to tell you the truth. But, um, I say that because all of those years of hearing messages about my body taking up too much space in the world really sunk down deep into every crevice, every crevice of my being. And so over those formative years and over all of those years that I was hearing these messages about my body not being good enough, I took on that identity. I really took on this true belief that there was something wrong with me. There was something wrong and broken and not okay about my body. And since I had tried everything, you know, tried every diet and tried every single thing I possibly could to lose this weight, like everyone was telling me and failed every time, I was like, well, I can't lose the weight and I'm broken and no one cares about anything except for my body. So let me just try to fade into the background and just forget about it. Like no one cares about anything other than my body and I can't fix, and I'm putting that in air quotes, this body that I'm living Mm -hmm. in, right? It's just too large. Well, fast forward a little bit. I ended up slowly, steadily losing a ton of weight. I lost like 150 pounds. So like half of my body weight, because I was like 336 pounds by the time I graduated high school. So I lost like this massive amount of weight, right? I did the thing that the whole world was telling me to do. But the, the crazy thing about it is I lost all that weight, thinking that would be the fix to this really deeply rooted belief about my body. And there I found myself, half my size, completely still broken about my body, still looking in the mirror, sobbing on the bathroom floor or wherever it might be about my body. And so I realized that it's not just fixing anything about my body, the transformation that would then have to take place was much, much deeper than, can I tone my arms more? Can I get the scale down just a little bit further? What diet do I need to try next? It's so much deeper than that. It's about being at peace, living in this body right now, today, currently, as is, (laughs) no matter what the pursuit of wellness is, what is my relationship with my body? How am I feeling in this body that I'm living in? today. And so that's why I'm really, really passionate about it is because it's been a very long journey for me. And even today, there are things that I'm still, you know, pushing against wrong beliefs, hard body image days, um, pressure to appease the culture around us with being a certain size and those kinds of things. And so I'm just kind of in that journey still and have been for a long time and just really passionate about helping other people through it. Cause I know it's something that a lot of us, I won't say all, I'll say almost all <laughs> of us deal with. Jennifer. So your story is super powerful. And I think one of the reasons for that is that it's so relatable for, for so many reasons, but a huge one being what you just said, like there's so many women, regardless of their body weight, yeah. shape, size, composition, that are like, this is not, this is not good enough. Like, and maybe when I reach that whatever that magic number is or magic pant size, then, then things will fall into place. Then it will feel better. And you and I both know that is not the case. And, and I, I love at the very beginning of your book and guys will have to tell, I'll have to let Jennifer tell you more about her book here, but at the beginning, you kind of introduce it with this question that you used to ask yourself a lot about how much, like how much do I weigh or what is the scale tell telling me? You, you talked about how you shifted that question. So I would love for you to just tell us what was that question you shifted it to 
And what kind of a difference did it make for you in your pursuit of getting to a place where you were at peace? With your so in the book, I talk about, you know, we ask ourselves, or we hear the question, how much do you weigh? And you're like, ah, mm-hmm. like, screech. Like, I probably shouldn't have started the book with that, <laughs> but I did it to grab, <laughs> to grab our attention because when we, yeah. I wanted some self-reflection there because when we hear that, or when we think about our weight or, you know, even going to a doctor's office and stepping on a scale, the weight of that question, how much do you weigh, is a lot to carry. It's really loaded for a lot of us. I know for me, it's like, okay, well, if the topic of weight comes up, it's it's tender. It's it's tricky. It's There's a lot of, you know, like baggage for a lot of us that comes along with that. And that's because of this journey that we've all been on for so long about our weight. So my story is very, is very centered around weight and all of those things, but a lot of us, it might not be our weight. It might be something else, but I give the example of my weight. And so really the question then becomes when it's shifted, it's more like, what, what am I carrying? And why is this such a big Thing to me, like why when I hear any topic of weight or any topic of body, why is it so almost paralyzing to me? And so it's it's really was about for me just getting digging a lot deeper into what is it like? What is it that makes you feel so much pressure in this area? Like I remember years ago, you know, I'm I'm like trying to lose more weight, trying to lose more weight, trying to lose more weight. This is like. After I've lost, I mean, my journey has been very long. So this is like after I lost a ton of weight and I, you know, I'm just going along trying to just lose more. And my body's like, no girl, we're not doing that. Like you can try anything and it's no, we're not doing it. You know? And I remember like my husband started asking me who let me just preface this by saying my husband is literally like the most supportive human being in the entire world. So he has never made me feel any pressure, but he did start to ask me like, babe, how much will actually be enough? Like, when is it enough for you? And so I I started thinking, oh my gosh, he's right. Like, when will it be enough? When will it be good enough? When will my body finally be good enough? And so these are these questions that I just had to ask myself. I had to dig, dig a lot deeper. What is this weight that I'm carrying, this pressure? And now that I've done a lot of self-work and I've done a lot of research on the topic, I, I can see that the pressure from from diet culture, the pressure from society's expectations, that also just weighs on us. And so I think it just, it, you know, asking us, what weight are you carrying? Not the number on the scale, but like on your shoulders or like in your heart, like, what are you carrying? What is the weight that you're carrying that feels really heavy when it comes to your body? Because digging that up, right? Digging up those roots and seeing what it is that's causing there still to be hurt in there in your heart and and shame in there and body anxiety, digging up those roots, seeing where it came from, validating the story that allows us to sort of relax our shoulders a little bit, to breathe a little easier, to try softer as our friend Andy tells us in her book. Um, You know, and so it's just a matter of, of shifting the, the question from the physical body, which we are very used to focusing on, right? We're always focusing on our physical right. body, yep. but rarely do we focus on the aspect of what is happening in our mind and heart concerning our body. Cause we're not just going to like, forget we live in a body. We can't numb ourselves to the fact that we live in a body. 
and that this is the body we're going to live in for the rest of our days on earth. And so if that is the truth, which it is, we're living in, this is my body that I'm going to live in for the rest of my days on earth. If that's the case, I don't want to constantly be at odds with my body. I want to shift that around and I want to be thankful for my body and I want to live well in my body. And yes, I definitely want to feel well in my body physically, but I also want the right relationship with this body of mine. So this is something that I I feel like I have conversations with my own clients and students about like on a weekly, if not daily basis. And you mentioned something just now and a couple minutes ago about that weight, like we live in a body, right? But our body is not our identity. We are not our body. And so often it goes back to that heart issue or that heart struggle with feeling like my body is a huge part of my identity. So many people resonate with with what you just said about feeling like I want to feel good in my body, but I do have all this focus on my body. And one of the biggest ways that I see women putting way too much focus on their body is the scale has become their, I don't even want to say best friend. It's like that love-hate <laughs> relationship, right? Relationship, Where it's like, right? I, <laughs> it's very yes, like, like, I need you, but you're terrible for me, right? And they don't always realize that. And so- how how did this scale and maybe how is it currently? Because I know this is like a, a journey. It's it's rarely ever you have that feeling like I've arrived. It's all better. I'm never going to struggle with this again. Right now, I say that with the disclaimer that I'm a full believer that recovery is possible. But that doesn't mean you're not going to have those moments or those days of struggle. Yes. So, yeah. So, so how has the scale impacted your view of your body? And then you also just mentioned like, your, your sweet husband, right? Like how has it also impacted your, maybe your relationship with him or with others that how does the scale like infused? The scale is such a tricky topic. (laughs) It's like, it's like, (laughs) it's like a love hate relationship for a lot of us. And it's just, again, Uh it's really complicated. And I think it depends on who you ask. As far as the answer that you're going to get for the right, and I'm putting that in air quotes, relationship with the scale. But my take on the scale, and number one, my use of the scale, how I use it, how frequently those logistics, uh, that goes in waves for me. And I think I might have mentioned that in the book. If I didn't actually mention it in the manuscript, I remember telling my editor, you know, I don't want to say this is my my this is how I do it or how often I do it or whatever, because that changes, that changes. I don't think that's as important as here's the thing, how much power we give to the scale. And so if that scale is gripping us so tightly that here's the thing, if it's gripping us so tightly that it is dictating our decisions, not only our worth and identity, because we know that it does that. We know that if the scale is up, we are grumpy that day. And if it's down, we have a little pep in our step. I'm just saying, like, that's typically how it goes, right? Like, we already know that. But what we don't often realize is that if we're giving the scale too much power, remember, it's one tool of measurement. It it shouldn't be given this massive amount of power, which in our, in our world and in our society, it is given a lot of power, but if it is Mm -hmm. given too much power, that will begin to dictate our decisions on how we are caring for our body, 
nourishing our body and fueling our body and moving our, it's going to dictate those decisions. But what we don't realize is that if that is dictating our decisions, that is actually counterproductive for us. So giving it so much power, not the answer. Whereas if we can take a completely different approach on how we are caring for our, because again, we're going back to that piece that we all say, like, I want to feel well in my body too, though. I do care about health. People say that all the time to me. They're like, Jennifer, like, I get it. I want to love my body. And like, that's my goal. But I still want to feel good in my body, like physically feel things like energized, strong, things like that. Mm -hmm. And so if we are, if we want to feel well in our bodies, there is a way to do that and to, to um, pursue that feeling of physically well without being dictated by the scale, by the number on the scale. So if I'm hungry and the scale is dictating my decisions and I walk in my kitchen and what do I ask myself? Does this fit my calories? Does this fit my macros? Is this going to make my scale go down by tomorrow? That's what I'm asking myself. If the scale and my weight and my diet and all those things is dictating my wellness, in air quotes, decisions. However, if I have learned the tools to pursue wellness from a place of freedom, then when I'm hungry and I walk into my kitchen, my questions are very different, right? My questions are, what sounds really good to me right now? What sits well on my stomach? What will make me feel energized for all of the things that I have to do for the rest of today. Those are the questions that I'm asking myself. They are wellness from a wholeness standpoint questions, right? And so what's dictating those decisions is completely different. If we are super focused on that scale, if that's leading the way, or if it's, I want to literally feel good in my body, if that's leading the way. But the hard part, and the part where we get tripped up is we, we, it's hard to untie wellness from this deep desire to be thin, to fit expectations of ourselves or of the world around us or what we think we need to, whatever. It's hard to untie those, but it's possible. It's possible. And so anyway, there's just a total different mindset um, of your overall wellness when you shift the way you are using the scale because I'm really just not the person I'm not like an extremist and I'm not like a forceful type of person (laughs) it's not my personality so I'm not going to tell someone like you you have to break up with the scale forever I will tell you though from my own experience there have been seasons where I said zero scale I am not using a scale because I cannot handle Mm -hmm. it and so for a season of time, I'm like, no, the scale is, is dead to me. <laughs> I am not using it yeah. because I need to break free in that area. And and there are other times where it's like, I can get on and off. Like, I don't even, it doesn't matter, it, you know, or like going to the doctor's office. It, it, I don't, I don't mind. Or other times I've gone through seasons where I'm like, I'm going to the doctor's office and I'm turning backwards. I mean, they're asking not to be weighed mm-hmm. or I'm turning backwards and I'm asking them not to say it to me or whatever. So it's just, yeah. you know, when you ask how my, how my relationship is with the scale, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> and I want to say all of these things because I want whoever is listening to this, I want you to know that that is normal for these waves to come and go. But it is super, yeah. super important to evaluate how much power 
in my opinion, you're giving to the scale. And that's such a fantastic question to ask yourself. And, and I, some, I don't frequently encourage my clients or students to always get on the scale, but it's usually because we're in those seasons where it is, there's so many more cons than pros, right? It's not just a tool as much as most people want to tell themselves, oh, it's just a tool. It can be, right? It can be a tool for certain things. It's not like the scale in and of itself. Right. Is level, right? right. And we don't want to but, live in fear of, like that. that's part of my exactly. thing. I, once I took a sabbatical from the scale, <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I got to this point where I was like, okay, I think I've broken free from that, but I don't want to live in fear fear either. So I see what you're saying where it's, yes. okay, go ahead. I think I totally cut you off there. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yes. No, no, you were, I mean, right on track. So, so yeah. So sometimes for some people, it is most helpful for them to just put it aside and say like, I'm not right. going to, but also we don't want to create that hesitation of, okay, well, what if it does come out? Or what if I go to the doctor's office, step on backwards because they have to weigh me for, you know, medication uh-huh. dosing or something. And the nurse slips up yeah. and tells me, right. We, we want to be prepared Absolutely. for those moments yeah. too. So, so here is what we <laughs> say, guys, that the scale is not like the ultimate yeah. enemy, right? Like we have a real enemy yeah. and he can warp tools, even like wellness, right? That's a whole nother conversation. We could go into a whole yeah. conversation on wellness culture and diet culture and how do we like, you know, separate, how do we see our yeah. bodies as well? So I did have a time a long time ago where I went to the doctor and I was like, I'm going to step on backwards. I don't need to know my weight. And so they were like, okay. And they were so great about it. And, but they send you home with like a packet of your stuff. And when I looked through yep. the packet, there were just things there I did not want to see concerning my weight. For example, like where I fell on the BMI chart, which is trash, um, and just all of these yep. things. <laughs> and I, I was really discouraged after seeing that. And so I had to work through that. And so I did want to say, if something like that happens to you, or let's say you are like, I'm good, I'm just going to get on the scale just to see, right? Like we do. I'm just going to see. Mm-hmm. And then we get on and yep. it's not what we wanted it to be. And sometimes for some of us that can like send us plunging downward in our, in our heart and in our emotions. Right. And so if that is something that you experience, if you go through something like that, my first instinct, when people tell me that that happens to them is to really get curious with yourself with zero judgment toward yourself about why that is and why it's bothering you so much. And only you can really dig deep enough to find what's causing you to feel that way. But you can grab your journal. You can sit and think about it for a little bit, um, go for a walk. But really ask yourself, instead of spending all of your headspace beating yourself up for the number that you saw that you didn't like, maybe try, I would invite you to think about just getting curious about what it is that's bothering you so much about it and just hash it out with yourself without judgment. I love that. And I want to add a tidbit to that too, because I had this conversation with a client just this past week, like just a couple of days ago. And she was talking about, you know, the stress and the fears and anxieties that come for all sorts of different reasons. Most of them were body related in our conversation. And I told her, I was like, as you are working on just figuring out, like it, it's that 
that place of awareness and curiosity going, why do I feel that way? To give herself the grace and the freedom for it to feel stressful or frustrating that like not to beat yourself up saying, well, I shouldn't be this stressed out or why am I so upset about this? It's okay. You can lean into that and go, okay, well, I'm feeling this way for a reason. It's okay to feel this way, but let me push in and see where that's coming from. What are the bigger underlying fears or concerns that are driving me to feel this way about my body? And that, that overflows into so many different areas. So, so curiosity is one of my, um, one of my favorite things. And if anybody listening is familiar with, um, kind of the principles or concept of intuitive eating, um, there's a chapter in the book where it really goes into like the dieting voices and then kind of these like ally voices. And I'm constantly telling my clients and students that one of the ally voices is the food anthropologist. And it's like this curiosity thing. Now, I, I didn't have any idea. I even liked anthropology. <laughs> I don't, um, I don't study it by any means, but I love the show. Bones. Oh. Um, and it's like forensic anthropology. And so when, when they started talking about that in the book about it's, it's no judgment, like your anthropology and the concept of being a food anthropologist. And I'm going to even push this further into body because yeah. this is what we're talking about today. And they go hand in hand is to say, okay, the anthropologist's job is to observe, not to make judgments, right? It's to go, okay, let me look at the evidence. Let me look at what's here and just see how it impacts and just notice. And so something that we've talked about a little bit, Jennifer, but that I would love to dig into a little more when it comes to curiosity and awareness, so many people struggle with trusting their body and feeling like they can make wise decisions on how to care for themselves. And they feel like, kind of like you said, it's this extreme of, I can either take care of my body or I can try to shrink it. Right. I can't, I, I, there's, there's not like this happy middle where I can care for my body well and appreciate it at the same time. And so a big struggle, I hear a piece of that is going, well, Brittany, I can't trust my body. How am I supposed to listen to it? How am I supposed to know what all of these things mean? Because my hunger cues are off or I never get full or yeah. all these. So, so <laughs> what were some things that helped you push into that curiosity and really start um, taking some action or just doing some things to increase your awareness to help you get back in touch or back in tune with your body so that you could start trusting? That's it such again. a good question. I, when I first started, when I first started hearing of intuitive eating, I was like, oh, I can totally do that. Like, that'll be so easy. Like, I'm just going to start it, you know? So I started really <laughs> digging in. And I think that's probably a different response than a lot of people have because a lot of people say to me, you know, Jennifer, I there's no way I could intuitively eat. My intuition would just not guide me in the right way. And, of course, that's a whole journey that we then unpack together. But um, for me, yeah. I was like, I can just do it. I'm just going to try it. Like, I'm just going to try it for tomorrow, you know? And so I, this, this was a long time ago. And I just remember thinking, I'm not going to, I'm going to just, I'm not going to track my calories tomorrow and I'm not going to weigh myself and I'm just going to, you know, do whatever. And so for the first day I was like, oh, see, I can do this. This is so freeing. Like, oh my gosh, I'm free. Right. Like write the next book, (laughs) you know, just all this stuff. (laughs) Not really, but you know, I'm just like feeling so free. Like this is so easy. And then literally, Brittany, by the end of the day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot do this. Because I was the person who would like lay in bed at night with my phone, 
tracking what I'd eaten that day because I felt if I didn't do that, I didn't feel the control and it made me anxious not to do that. So then I would track my cat. This is a long time ago, but I would track my cat. I'm long, long gone from these days now, but I would like lay in bed and track my calories to see if I could either rest easy like I had done okay, or I needed to tighten up again the next day. And so, but I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. So then I was like, oh, this feels a little, oh, I don't know about this. This feels a little anxious to me, you know, but I'm just going to, you know, move on to the next day. And then the next day I was doing it and I just was like, oh my gosh, this feels really, oh, wow. And by day three, I'm like going crazy. (laughs) And I think the difference would have been if I had had some guidance in the beginning to learn what it even means to tap into your intuition and to learn your body. And so it is totally wonderful to reach out to someone like yourself, Brittany, who can guide you on the intuitive eating journey and and in your relationship with food, because that is literally part of it. See, a lot of times we think that when we just say, okay, I'm not going to have diet culture anymore. Like, no, breaking up with diet culture. It just means like throwing our hands in the air and running down the street and like being just free, right? Like, oh, but that's not actually the, the stopping point. It's just a starting mm-hmm. point. You know, realizing that dieting is not serving you is just like a starting point. And then you then you really learn. And that learning process takes time. You go through different stages. Like one, you know, at, at some point in time you're learning how to tell when you're hungry. You don't even remember what it's like because you just ate whenever the meal plan told you to eat or whatever. And so learning that attunement with our body and learning to trust our body, it really does take time. And I would say a little bit of guidance so that you don't feel like you're just like, if you just knew what to do, you would just have already done it. But you don't, a lot of us don't know what to do if we're not following a diet, and I, the reason I always I keep going back to diet is the diet is telling us. So we're muting our our trust with our body, and we're focusing on the diet, and that is not that we don't know what to do if we're not focusing on that diet. So if we are like, okay, I know the diet is you know has a ninety five percent failure rate, so I, I'm knowing I'm learning that the diet is not serving me. Then it's a matter of okay, how do I even live without the diet or the dieting tendencies or the dieting rules that I've just picked up along the way. And I'm just following those without even thinking about it. So then it's, it's, so it's learning that trust with our body takes time and it's just a matter of learning what to actually do if we're not following that diet. And the reason I particularly love intuitive eating, which yeah, Brittany can teach you all about intuitive eating. (laughs) Um, But the reason I love intuitive eating is because it actually gives you the tools to do that. Not rules, but tools to help you learn how to actually become attuned with your body and trust your body. And I'm telling you, it is so worth it to do that. My husband is so hilarious because I used to like never go out to eat, hardly ever go out to eat and like all these things. And so it's so funny because we'll be at dinner going out to eat. We were just in DC last week and we were like eating at all these restaurants and, you know, I would eat whatever I felt like eating at that moment. And I would be done when I'm done. And he'd be like, are you just, are you done? I'd be like, yeah. He's like, gosh, this intuitive eating thing is so weird. <laughs> Cause I've like brought him into the journey. And now by now, like my whole household talks about intuitive eating, but you know, it's this beautiful thing because you, when you are 
it's like a freedom mentality. That's what I always say is like intuitive eating yes. allows you yes. to have a freedom mentality around food and movement and living in your body. And one of the things I love about that is I don't have to save up all my calories to go out to dinner at night. And when I go out to dinner, I'm not starving and then eating so much that I feel uncomfortable. And then I feel bad when I leave. It's so different than that now. Now it's like, oh, you want to go out to dinner tonight? Sure, we can go out to dinner tonight. Going to dinner, getting what I want, you know, eating until I'm done. And it's not even difficult to stop because I'm not starving from saving my calories all day. And then when I get up to leave the restaurant, I still feel great physically and emotionally. And I'm so satisfied because I ate what I actually wanted. So there's just such a beauty and such a freedom and it's so worth it to get away from the dieting mentality and get into this place of trusting your body, being attuned with your body. It's just really a wonderful place to be. And it feels so much better. And I, I tend to love um, like acronyms and color coding, like anything that's like short, simple to help me remember something. And as you were going through that, I heard like, I sort of summarize it in my head as like, ditch the rules, yeah, tools, kind of yes. thing, right? Like, get rid of the food rules, yeah. like push past the fear, break the rules, be yeah. a rule breaker, okay? All you type A people, just like me, that like to follow the rules and check the boxes, cross, get get rid of yes. the rules, right? Um, which I know that that is not an easy thing to do. It's a simple concept, but there's a difference in oh, simple totally. and easy. Oh, totally. <laughs> So, and there's a whole nother aspect of that. Like when you start breaking some of those rules and Jennifer, you even said this, like bring support alongside you. Um, this is why so often I collaborate with therapists and have therapists come and speak to my students because one of the reasons that I find, and you may have had similar experience, Jennifer, is that when you start trying to tune into what's actually happening in your body, mm-hmm. if you've had any experiences that have been traumatic, right? Sometimes that can be a big blocker to whatever degree, little t, small trauma, bigger t, we won't go into details of trauma today, but that can be a big barrier into like wanting to lean into and be able to feel and experience your body, be in tune with it. So, so I know what we're calling you guys to do today is not easy, but like Jennifer said, it's absolutely possible. So one sort of last little area I would love to just hone in on and focus on we both know how impactful faith is um, in this journey. And a lot of people leave that piece out. And I'm never here to push my faith on anybody, but I do want to share how it impacts. And I know you have done that too, Jennifer. So what for you does it look like in this season of your journey with body image, your relationship with food, any other area of your spiritual health or life? How do you bring God into, or maybe how did you, like you talked about some different things that some different phases and seasons of your recovery journey with body image. So what are some ways that you have invited the Lord into that process with you? For a long time, I sort of shied away from God in my body journey specifically, even though I loved the Lord with my whole heart. And I am always, I've always been a big worshiper. Like I'll just I'm just a big worshiper. And even though I've spent time with him and in his word and all these things for many years, I sort of shied away and I didn't realize I was doing that. But the reason that I did that was because I felt like, and this was when I was younger. So this is, you know, kind of pre high school graduation. I really just felt like everyone around me was telling me my body wasn't okay. 
I then felt like my body wasn't okay. Surely the Lord is just as disappointed with me and my body as I am. And I realized later on, and so I just didn't, I was like, he probably doesn't care unless my body's good, right? Little did I know as I learned more about the Lord and and what the word of God says about our bodies is that he already saw my body as good. Like he made my body in his image, in his likeness, like he handcrafted me, put me together and said that I was good and called me marvelously made. Like I'm fearfully and wonderfully and marvelously made, you know? And I didn't, I, it's not until I really dug into the word specifically about the word of God, specifically about my body and living in my body that I got a true understanding of what he thinks about my body. Cause I, again, I always was thinking that he, when, when, if, if we were to say God cares about our bodies, I used to think, well, he cares so much that he wants me to steward it perfectly. But really the word of God says that he wants us to be whole and he will put us together and make us whole body, soul, spirit, all of it matters mm-hmm. to God. So, and when it comes yes. to our bodies, because we know he wants us to be whole in our spirit and in our soul, our emotions, right? In our heart. He, we know that. But what does it mean that he wants us to be whole in our body? And so what we have to realize is that God's ways are not the same as ours. His ways are higher than ours and his thoughts are higher than ours. And so we don't reduce God's care about our body to the way that the world cares about our bodies, because the Bible says that man looks at the outward appearance. People care about our outward appearance. What does God care about? He cares about what's going on on the inside. That's what matters the most. And so when it comes to what God says about our bodies, how God feels about our bodies, you know, what it means for our body to be whole, we've got to go, we've got to be like the woman with the issue of blood. And we've got to go to him about that. Not the cultural standard of being whole in our bodies. We've got to go to God and be like, God, what do you say? What do you want? How do you want me to pursue this? This is what's important to me. This is the hurdle that I can't seem to get over. This is the thing that trips me up every time. What is it, God? What is it? You know, crying to God, pouring yourself out. Like it wasn't until I really stopped just begging God to change my body into what I thought would be good and started asking him like, what God, what are you wanting me to get? What am I not quite getting? What am I focusing on the wrong way? Like teach me, you know? And so just as, you know, with the woman with the issue of blood, she pressed through the crowd. She had wrestled with that issue for 12 years and it was, she had bleeding, she was hemorrhaging, but a lot of times we don't even realize hemorrhaging happens on the inside. So everyone else doesn't even realize what's happening. But I have a hunch that she was probably really going through a lot. Her body was not cooperating with her. She wanted her body to stop hemorrhaging and she tried everything. She spent all she had on doctors. She asked her friends, she scrolled social media. Like she did all the things, you know, (laughs) to try to figure out how to fix her hemorrhaging and nothing worked. And so one day she feels, she realizes like, let me take this to Jesus. And so she presses her way through the noise and the chaos and the culture and all the things And she touches, she dares to trust that God will 
have the answer, that Jesus will have the answer. And she makes her way to him. And he says, you know, who touched me? I felt power discharging from me. And then this woman is made whole. So then it's like, okay, God, what is wholeness for me? What does that look like for me? Ephesians chapter three, verse 20, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or imagine or think or hope for. So God, what does that look like for me? What is wholeness for me? I'll just speak for myself. Anytime that I've taken that to the Lord, you know, to, to get a vision for freedom, for wholeness or whatever it is in my body, it looks different than what I just would come up with on my own. And so when it comes to bringing God in, it's really just drawing close to him and not shying away from it, not shying away from him in it, in our body image struggles, in our body image issues, in our literal physical struggles with our body, and then allowing him God, like God is a God of transformation, but not just on the outside, yes. but also on the inside. And it's like, if he, he holds the heart of the King in his hand, like he can do anything with our hearts if we bring our hearts to him. So it's like just pressing our way to him and, and allowing him to say, all right, here's what we're going to do. Or like, here's where I want you to focus. And when I started doing that, I was really surprised <laughs> with the way he allowed things to pan out after that because it wasn't, you know, exactly what I what I thought it would be. But but that's wonderful and that's beautiful because that's that's the goodness of God to say here's what I know that you have walked through. Here's what I see that you need still to be healed in. You still need healing in this area. Here's where I need us to focus before we can even get to the next thing. You can still have your hope. You can still have your vision and your, your freedom mentality and all things, but here's where I want us to focus right now. And so the only way we can get to that point though, is to just go to him with it in tears in frustration. Like God is not intimidated by our big feelings. He's not intimidated about Amen. the fact that for some of us, this body struggle is big. And like, for me, I'll just take my, myself for an example. First time I got bullied about my weight, I was in kindergarten. And so I had years, I'm just, I'll tell you my age, I'm 37 years old. And I still remember the first comment about my chubby cheeks when I was in kindergarten. And so when it comes to this journey of freedom, it's, there's a lot to un, unlearn. There's a lot to rewrite in the narrative of our minds and of our hearts. But we, I want to say, don't do it alone. Allow God to take you hand in hand. The Bible says that he, the way that he does exceeding and abundantly and all we can ask and, and, and think of and hope for is he does it not by pushing us around, not by forcing us. It says he does it by his spirit deeply and gently within us. And so I just say, open up your heart. Open up yourself wherever, I don't care where you are in the journey. I don't care where you are in the journey. God is not intimidated. Just take it, take it to him over and over again. And you'll see, like, I look back now at five years ago when I thought I was, Brittany, I thought I was totally free five years ago. <laughs> and I look at five years ago, I'm like, girl, you were not free back then <laughs> compared to now. And the, the, the beautiful thing is, in five years, I will be more free then than I am right now. And you'll see this, this progression of freedom. I love Elisa Keaton. I always quote her on this. She says, freedom comes little by little, 
but little by little is sustainable. So just allow God to do the little by little with you, and you will be amazed at where he takes you. I love that. And I, I love that's such a fantastic place to wrap up. And it's something that like, when I when I ask you just like, even summarizing that, like, how do how do we bring God into this journey? Seek him in all things like know that you're you're never going to have that place of hey I've, I've arrived yeah. I can do this on my own now like yes I love that you said you just seek yeah. him the whole way the whole way and say hey God I'm I'm further now yeah. than I was five years ago and in a year I'm gonna be a little further and then five more years I'm gonna be a little further and we we get to uncover all these new areas of freedom the more the more that we seek him and push yeah. into God, what do you have for me? And I love that you said, like, the answer might look a little different than what you're yeah. hoping for or the, that what you expect. And so you've got to go into prayer and you've got to go into that season of asking of saying, like, okay, Lord, I want you to be involved in this and help me to be open to whatever yes. the answer is or the response, right? Like, help me not just listen for the answer that I want to hear. So, um Thank you so much for sharing your heart, Jennifer. What is what is one specific, if you just wanted to give somebody one final takeaway on what is an action that they can take this week to help them start seeing their body as good right now, even before it feels good? I think if I were just going to say one little thing, I would say to make a decision to wake up tomorrow morning and find one reason to be grateful specifically for your physical body. So maybe not everything, maybe you're not just like, Oh, I'm just so grateful for this wonderful body. You know, maybe not that, but maybe, maybe we can find one thing. Okay. I'm, I'm grateful that I can take a really deep breath right now. Or I'm grateful that I can go for a walk outside or whatever it is for you, you know? So I would just say, find one thing tomorrow morning that you can be grateful for specifically for your physical body. I absolutely back that too. It's such a great way to say like, God, you, you can only make good right. things. And so I'm so grateful for this good thing that you're allowing my body to do or experience or just be. So um, where can everybody connect with you and tell us about any resources that you have? Tell us about your podcast and book. So anyone who listened today, that's like, I need, I need more of Jennifer's goodness. Connect with me. I would love to, to have you. So I guess the best ways to connect with me are number one, the podcast, it's called your good body podcast. It's a lot of fun. Um, I also have the book called your good body. So two things called your good body should be really easy. And then any other resources that you need or want, you can find on my website, jennifertaylorwagner.com. So come connect, send me an email, whatever. I would love to hear from you. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being thank here. You so and much. Yes. And for anyone still listening who wants to learn more about body freedom and peace and cultivating that joy-filled relationship with food in your body, be sure to head over, connect with Jennifer, and you guys can grab all the links to everything in the show notes on some next steps that you can take. Um, when you are working on seeing your body as good this week. So till next week, friends, may you be filled with joy and abound in hope. 
Odds are, if you're hearing my voice right now, you might be a Christian woman who feels like food and nutrition are too complicated and that you'll have to struggle with negative body image for the rest of your life. And this podcast is here to help with that. On this show, I'm going to be sharing everything I know and continue to learn about how to cultivate a joy-filled and peaceful relationship with food in your body. But let's face it, it would take me years to share that kind of knowledge and strategy with you here through our free weekly episodes. And the thing is, food freedom can be a really isolating process when you try to go it alone. So if you've been wanting to add some fuel to the fire on your path to food and body peace so that you can start seeing more confidence and improved physical and mental health now, I invite you to consider joining the Joyful Eater Live. This is the high-touch coaching program that I've created to educate and coach Christian women like you, and it's how dozens of women have stopped hating their bodies or looking to the scale for validation. Through this program, you'll get the blueprint and step-by-step process that you need to reach your food and body freedom goals, along with the accountability required to light a fire under you to implement what you've been learning and take some much-needed action. You'll also get live coaching from me personally every single week. Plus, when you join, you get immediate access to on-demand and live bonus trainings from therapists, Christian authors and speakers, strength coaches, and others so that you can better approach your physical and mental wellness holistically. You'll also join a community of other Christian women who are already eating more intuitively and are ready to help you do the same. So yes, you can absolutely rely on the episodes of this free podcast to help you ditch diet culture and start seeing some results on your own food freedom journey. Or you can fast track your path to freedom and do it in a way that's much more enjoyable and that will help you to be full of confidence as you take your next steps. So if you're ready to commit to getting rid of food rules and not letting the scale dictate the trajectory of your day, then click the link in the show notes and fill out an application and you'll be on your way to joining the Joy-Filled Eater Live. I'll see you inside the program.